I love movies. Gosh, I love movies. Here we go. My right hand has permanent laser coming out of it. I know. <laughs> Why? Your laser hands. What? Because your laser hands. <laughs> All right, ready? All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Grindhouse Podcast with Dave and Matt. And once again, last like, like last week, we are coming to you from a digital reality, a digital frontier, and Matt's literally transforming from crazy hands to laser hands before my digital eyes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep this hand down here. This is not. I don't know. There's a fucking for there's a laser coming out of my hand right now and i don't know why it won't turn so, off uh so we're we're cool gonna try a, yeah it's kind of nice <laughs> we're gonna try a grand experiment we're we're attempting to not only do our normal audio podcasts that we have available on all of our platforms spotify uh itunes soundcloud for those of you mumble rappers out there but also we're attempting to to record our vr session and if you see a link for a YouTube video, you'll know we succeeded. And if you don't, then this was a colossal <laughs> failure. Yeah. Which right now it's about fifty-fifty. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, welcome to our first uh, episode. Of yes. The Grindhouse Podcast I, on YouTube. I am Dave. So if you see uh, this nubby thing here, that's me. I'm Dave. Pretty, pretty closely looks like me. And that over there, where I'm pointing my nub, and I'm looking over, that's Matt. You see, with his uh, cool 3D glasses. That yes, and I, I, um, I this kind of, I guess this looks like me. I, I don't know. I've been shaving. It look, yeah. You know, so, I mean, uh, I yeah. think you're shaved, you. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, we'll wait till the beard grows back, and then you can add that to your avatar as well. It's important that we have safety in this time. Uh, we because of the COVID thing, and so uh, shaving is a good way to make sure that those masks you wear. Uh, get a good seal so I don't have a beard right now and uh, that's what this is so neither does my avatar plus the beard right. the avatars we're, we're using a program called big screen it's all we have right now it's a free Which program pretty awesome. it's pretty cool we, we've had some adventures in this thing it's it's a free program that's for people to watch uh, stuff on we, we've talked about it on the last episode but uh, we've, we've played with it a lot this week and um, it's uh, man there's a whole world out there of just like people watching movies together uh, some of it is really neat, you know, like, uh, Dave and I found out we could even watch 3d movies with this thing. And that was really cool. Uh, but, yeah, awesome. but, but you gotta be careful, man. Cause young, innocent Dave, he, he wandered into the wrong room and it was a man sharing his VR porn collection, uh, with other yeah, men. And he, and he, and he stayed like, in that room uh, for like hours with these guys. No, I, that and, didn't happen. And he was texting that, me the whole time, like, you got to get that, in here. You got to come in. None of, that, that check part it did out. not occur. You did text no, me. So, I did text you because this was hilarious. So this guy, I told you already this off air, but there was a guy on, on here on big screen in an NSFW room. And he wasn't showing porn to anyone per se. What he was doing was holding tutorials for for people of all ages, hopefully over 18, who wanted to know the finer points of finding VR porn in uh, the interwebs. So he was telling everyone about which sites were best for European models and those that are best for top stars. And um, it was very educational. I was only in there for about 60 seconds. And it was very creepy and weird, and I, I quickly retreated back to the safety of something more wholesome, more family-friendly, like the movie Hellraiser. Oh, yes. That's, that's a pretty good movie. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to put that movie on. Part of why we're going to put that movie on today, why we selected Hellraiser to watch, like we did with Killer Clowns last week, is because news broke, I think it was yesterday, that uh, there will be a Hellraiser reboot. Yeah, and it will be, it will be directed by David Bruckner, who did um, the Ritual, who directed uh, Amateur Night on VHS two, and who was a producer on a film that I executive produced called Siren, which is a spinoff based on Amateur Night from the VHS two series. Um, and 
even closer is the the two writers for the new Hellraiser reboot are Ben Collins and Lou Petrosky, who wrote Siren. So I have one degree of separation from these young gents who are undertaking a pretty big endeavor, right? I mean, Hellraiser is one of my favorite movies, and it is a bona fide classic. And to reboot it without the involvement of Clive uh, Barker is, um, I mean, you got some big shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, Hellraiser's great stuff. We've we've done shows about Hellraiser before, uh, and, and and so we're I guess we're doing another one. Hell yeah! I, hell, all right. My, I mean, might as well. I mean, it's a it's a it's a show, a movie. Uh, it's a novels. It's it's comic books. It's but it's all based on a Christian mythology and. Uh, well, we, hold and on there. Well, it is. Well, yes, it is. Well, not it's, originally. It, in the original Hellbound Heart, it was not based on Christian mythology at all. Um, these were just beings in another reality. It wasn't until you started getting into the movie sequels and even Clive Barker's sequels that it started to m- motivate itself over into Christian mythology. But in the beginning, the, the Order of the Gash are just these other dimensional beings that thrive on, on the intricacies of pain and pleasure. All right, thanks for uh, mansplaining Hellraiser to me, man. <laughs> uh, my point was that it's a Christian holiday weekend right now. We have oh, that's a, true. A, a, a certain god of that they believe in sacrificed that's himself thunder. yesterday. Uh, Odin on the world tree. Uh, I mean, that's a weird one though. Did he sacrifice himself, or did people sacrifice him? It's uh, it's kind of like a. I mean, he, it was he's, a passive. It was a passive. Yeah, I feel he, like it was a passive sacrifice. You know, like he, like he, he, he if you believe the mythology, uh, as, the Jesus of we'll, Nazareth, we'll as the story goes, as the story goes in mythology, the Jesus of Nazareth sacri- knew that he would be betrayed, and he sacrificed himself, and uh, and much like Odin on the world tree, he was hung by a tree, or the hangman in Tarot. The story is. As old as time itself, about some godlike being who is hung on a piece of wood, a tree of sorts, in order to achieve higher enlightenment I, I, and immortality. I, I, I don't know if there's a parallel to Odin. I, I think the story of Christ is just a lesson in if you're if you're too nice, people might kill you. Yes. So don't be too nice. <laughs> and and so we're gonna. We're gonna go ahead and start our movie now. Y- y'all can't see this movie. Uh, let's see. But but I... if you want to follow along, <laughs> if you want to watch Hellraiser along with us, we'll we'll do a count. We're gonna attempt a countdown. How about that? That's a good idea. Uh, All right. So you so Matt, you cue up the movie. Where'd it go? We we are uh, by the way. Okay, there we go. Okay, stay. We're starting the movie right about now. So that, just get on it. Three, two, one, go. All right, the uh, the Mage Entertainment logo, the Image Entertainment logo just appeared. So if you guys want to sort of track along with us, and um, one thing I think we should really talk to logos upon logos upon logos. Do you know that David? The, the, so this new help, we'll talk about this while this um, well, first off is going on. Are, are we just? Is it? Are we like riff tracks now or something? Is that the idea here? Is this... why not? <laughs> I don't know because we're a podcast and. People are yeah, we'll probably listening to this in their car while they're at work. Uh, I think they'll still get entertainment from this. So, <laughs> so um, what? Uh, uh, as these credits are endlessly going, although I think you should turn up the volume because the score is great. Clive Barker's Hellraiser just came on screen. Um, all, right, all right, he wants to hear. David it. Goyer, it's... don't pause it because now people are off time. Oh, I, you did. I didn't okay. pause it. And also um, remember, I'm shooting lasers at a projection screen in that's VR. True. It's not. It's not easy. All right. This is going to be this is going to be audio you, fun. You want so to do this? You, you get the avatar with the hands and then you can do all this. Nah, I got a nub, man. You got it so, exactly. <laughs> so the uh the new Hellraiser is actually based on a story by David Goyer. Uh he of Batman Begins fame. I think he wrote I think he wrote Man of Steel. I think he did the Blade series. He's a real to me as a writer and again, he's not writing it. Ben and Luke are, but as a storyist, I think that's good. That's good hands to be in. If you're if you're just giving David Gory like the basic story to go off of, and and you're using uh, Ben and Luke 
who are younger writers with fresh eyes and opportunity to, you know, try to modernize Hellraiser in some way because I do think that some of the themes of the original movie can be really relevant today. So this is not a, is this a continuation of the last Hellraiser movie we watched the one where like the angel came down and and all that stuff that what was that I, I mean I have no idea I have no idea except that it is um it is the it is being described as a reboot so my assumption is it's a complete and total reboot I assume they're going to take a cue from the original um Hellbound Heart and base it on that it, that's I'm down with that. It's about time for a reboot, man. It's been it's been a little while. Did that just cover the camera? Okay. Ah. Uh, uh. Oh yeah. Just ignore no, that. Good, ignore that thing. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, there you go. That's me on a Saturday night right there. I'm gonna get some. We have Frank in human uh, form. Oh, that's a nice refreshment. Frank go, in human form is. Uh, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> that is work. is playing with a lament lament um configuration. With, yes, lament configuration box. Thank you. And he's got some. Uh, he's, he's quite sweaty, and he's beardy, and uh, topless. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I hope that they do in the reboot is that in the original Hellbound Heart, uh, the the being, the priest that is that is later to come to be known as Pinhead, uh, a name that apparently Clive Barker hates. Um, he it, it is just that. It's it is androgynous. It is both female and male and also neither and um as much as doug bradley is awesome and he is if if doug's probably at the point where he's a bit bit past his prime to play pinhead and i think they should go in a totally different direction and i think i have the perfect actor to play the priestess priest that is pinhead what do you got tilda swinton Tilda Swinton, yeah, maybe, yeah. She's, uh, you, you think she looks mean enough, though? I mean, she's... well, I think, but like in the original Hellraiser, you know, um, I mean, certainly Pinhead looks and all the and all the gash look very intimidating, but but I don't know that they look like aggressive, right? Like he's very stoic, and I think that if you put Tilda Swinton in like demonic bondage gear and you put a bunch of pins in her head and she's got that cold steely resolve you know that sort of even killed sensibility like did you see her uh i know you're not really huge on the marvel films but did you see her in um in uh, doctor strange where she had the shaved head you know yeah yeah well i liked uh, doctor strange a lot that was a pretty fun movie yeah so i think that if you kind of think about her from that perspective and then you think about her just a little bit more menacing as pinhead I think she'd be fantastic. And I think you could really play up that androgynous aspect that was kind of lost in the first movie. All right. Yeah, an androgynous pinhead. Uh, I, I suppose so. Uh, where, I mean, he, it's so... I, I, that th- okay, the reason why I'm, I'm just kind of freezing up here, it's so hard to know what's canon. Like, you just said this whole thing about how pinhead's not supposed to have a gender, but then we've got that one... Isn't there like that one film that shows he was some kind of a soldier or something? Uh, well, that's the tricky part. It depends on what you're going off of, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're going off the movies, and obviously Doug Bradley was based on a human man, and he is male. But the original Hellbound Heart, which is what I'm really hoping they draw inspiration from, um, is just quite different. It's 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 very similar to what the movie was, but I think that it explored some deeper some deeper themes that the movie didn't quite touch on. Like for example, right now we just got to the part where Frank has opened the box. He's been ripped to shreds. We see that the gash has kind of completely shredded him to, to just meat chunks. Yeah. It was like, a, and his, his uh, face was kind of on the ground, like a, kind of like a puzzle. Right. Like a human and they kind of put puzzle. it back together. Yeah. And then pinhead puts the, away the lament configuration box. And um, now we're in some house. So like in the book, that scene goes on for much longer. There's a whole there's a whole explanation to the pleasure that that Frank feels. I mean, he, he it's basically like um isn't I think there's a disease that that your your senses are like overloaded, okay. right? And so like every, everything is is somewhat painful because they're like they're heightened to like the the nth degree. All right. So so when Frank uh when when he agrees to have the gash show him pleasures unknown he um 
he experiences everything in a way that is so overwhelming it actually becomes painful and to the gash they recognize all sensation as as important right so like eventually he has an orgasm but it's like so intense it's like overwhelming and then like he can feel he can feel the floor on his knees and it's like burning him and every sensation is completely turned up to 11 uh and until they finally enter into the the actual pain stage and and then break him apart now you keep using this word the gash i think everybody knows them as the cinnabites so why are you why are you calling them the gash well, because they are of the order of the gash. All right. What is and what does that That's mean? That's the you know in the in the in the stories they are cenobites. That's what they are. But they they're these kind of weird priest like monastery type folks. And that's why like if you look at the movies and you look at the design of them, that their attire kind of vaguely resembles some sort of demonic priest. Yeah, right? they've yeah, got sort yeah. of the long robes. Right. Yeah. So they they are they are cenobites that belong to the order of the gash, which. I, I could only assume was chosen as a word because it just sounds gruesome. You know, it's not like not the order of the cut the, or the scrape. It's yeah, the gash. The cut wouldn't really work. It sounds like the cut no. sounds like they're trying to uh, maybe work on hell's budget, trim some of the fat, save some money, you know? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, like exactly. Like a, like a, your pretty face is going to hell thing. I could see that like, you know, something in the budget office there. Yeah. Right. Did they're you, just trimming away. Did you ever check out that show by the way? Uh, not yet. Oh, I still want my to though. God, why do, I got we, time why do now, we even do the show? Why do we even do the show if if the things I would recommend? Uh, some maggots. Maggots are lovely. What? Oh, maggots are on the screen. Oh, that's right. Because we're we're riff tracks now. So if he, Hell, if yeah. we if we just start talking about random things, it's probably because that's what's on the movie that we're watching. That's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's see. Oh, I moved the ah the camera's on the loose. Uh, well. Here's the other thing while you're, while you're trying to fix your random camera on the loose. Um, but so here, so I, I don't know, like to me, I feel like Hellraiser, as great as I love the original, I do feel like there's a real opportunity to modernize it. Like in the same way, we talked a little bit about the Invisible Man and how the Invisible Man was able to sort of modernize the concept of invis- invisibility with some themes that are more relevant to today right ideas of gaslighting yes the ideas of like someone's dark side being um not visible to everyday people people who are trapped in situations where um they're in an abusive relationship that other people cannot see um you know there's there's two there's obviously there's one overarching theme of hellraiser which is like the destructive nature of unbridled lust and passion and what is perceived as love, toxic love, right? All right. And um, uh, obviously, our lead actress here, she's she uh, Ju- is it Julia? Julia like carries on these gruesome murders to revive Frank, the brother of her husband, whom she's had this torrid love affair with. Um, but of course, it's fleeting because Frank is only the pursuit of of pleasure, and that means that he cannot stay. He's he's a modern day polyamorous dude. Ow. Yeah. Right there? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh yeah. I I gotta fix my microphone. I just hit it with my VR headset. It's gonna no. get better, folks. It's good. That's great. But don't you don't you feel like I like especially right now when a lot of people are trapped at home and have been really cut off from the things that bring them pleasure in everyday life, right? Things like uh, going to the movies, uh seeing loved ones. Yes. Right. For some people, physical intimacy, all these things for a lot of people have been completely cut off. So it feels like. Well, not not anymore, because tomorrow is Easter Sunday. Hallelujah. And we have a message directly from heaven that the uh, Lord is going to protect everyone that goes to Easter, goes to church on Easter for Easter Sunday. I don't think we've got I don't think that's a good idea. Directly from the top. The president himself has said by Easter Sunday, won't that be a beautiful No, He changed thing? that. He's already he's already changed that. He's already changed his mind like a, like three days later. Yeah, like I, Jesus. I, I know. But he said he came it, around again. Now, that's the thing, though. I've explained this to you. It don't go by what he says afterwards. Go by what he says first. Because the after right. well not not anymore because tomorrow is Easter Sunday Hallelujah and we have a message directly from heaven that the uh, Lord is going to protect everyone that goes to Easter 
goes to church on Easter for Easter Sunday. I don't think I we don't think that's a good idea. Directly from the top, the president himself has said by Easter Sunday, won't that be? No, a he changed thing? that. He's already he's already changed that. He's already changed his mind like a, like three days later. Like yeah, Jesus. I, I I know, but he, he came said around it, again. Now that's the thing, though. I've explained this to you. It don't go by what he says afterwards. Go by what he says first. Because the afterwards is because the deep state got to him and they had to... Oh, right, yeah. Hell, that might not even be him in the second video. That could have just been like a CGI, something similar to what we're doing right now, like a virtual reality What's that uh, deep face? The face... Is it just called deep fake? Deep... Deep fake. That's correct. Yeah, you know when when, when they like... When they CGI that face over people and they like can control it and looks pretty pretty close to accurate yes yeah yeah this well, is bad uh, i certainly recommend people not go to church i know by the time this podcast comes out you will have major decision either way but i think it's a very bad idea i think people should absolutely stay in and i think that um you know you've got cool technology available to you like uh, like, you know, a uh, big screen where you can watch movies with your buddies virtually. Why? I'm sure you could, you, you know what you could do for all you, for all you God fearing people out there. You could, uh, you could use big screen. You could gather up a bunch of your friends, uh, your church going folk. And, uh, you could watch the, the sermon, maybe a little Joel Olstein. Uh, or, uh, not, not him, no. It was uh, a funny, Baker? actually. Before we came in here, I was checking on Facebook to send you the message to how to get in this room. And, I, you know, it's it's a, the, the screen's a little blurry when you're looking. Because, like, I could pull up my computer screen and stuff in the VR, and it's a little blurry. And I thought you had sent me this. I thought it was, like, Messenger. And it was an ad for a, a church out of Corpus Christi called Church Unlimited. And oh God, that's, okay. that's what they're doing tomorrow. They're doing like a streaming, on, online streaming. streaming. I, I actually thought it was like a VR thing because I was like, is, is, am I getting this in VR? Maybe it is. Hell, who knows? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I'm fine a, with if that. If there's a VR church tomorrow, that I'm totally there. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, to me, that is a, a much smarter way. And here's this other thing for, for all you church. You know, I remember when I was growing up, that uh, sometimes getting the old man to go to church was tough, you know. Like, like grandma would always want to go, but like the men would want to you know, stick, stay behind and whatever. So that was back in the in the eighties and the nineties when there was just not the same kind of technology that's available now. But now, if you could do church streaming, then uh, then you can absolutely like just put it on the television screen, hide the remote. He's got to listen to the word of the God, the God, the Lord. Whatever, hmm. the gourd. You're saying make your dad watch TV on church? Church on TV? Yeah. Or, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so it's over yeah. before the football game starts. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't recommend anybody watch church tomorrow or do anything like that tomorrow. I, I, I think you have a much better day. Uh, I think you should do some high you, magic. Yeah, or something. I mean, even even if uh, churches were open uh, and, 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 never, and there was no virus moving around, I mean, it's best Sundays I've ever had we're just hanging out with friends so you don't want to go sit in a church and uh, I don't know no, watch you some, be, you watch be, some Hellraiser or something yeah you want to be more like Frank here just standing in the rain you know wait that's that's Frank I thought Frank was uh, the other guy the dad no that's Frank the mon- Frank is the is the brother who was ripped apart that's why yeah. when, when he starts to come back together he's known as Frank the monster because he is in fact a monster What's the dad's name? Uh, we're going to call him Will. Will? All right. I don't think that's his real name, but I don't really remember his real name. Uh, I just remember the very famous line at the very end of Hellraiser, which is pretty great, that he ad-libbed. So maybe you should give that actor more respect, but uh, I just don't recall it. Uh, throwing popcorn at me now. Uh, I'm trying to. It's This is difficult because no- normally when we do our, uh, our VR thing, we're... Um... We're not surrounded by audio recording equipment, you know. I'm You're not in the studio here. I, I I need to. I think I need to figure something out about this because, like, yeah, I I've got this mic in front of me and I can't see it, and it's very sensitive. And it's very large, and if I knock it while I'm trying to throw popcorn at you, which which normally I have two hands to do, but I I don't know if that's gonna work today. I 
Still it's probably you know what it was. It's, like it's because weird... last week, it's because yeah, last week you made you made fun of my nub, and so now you have one gimpy hand. This is karmic. That this is right cosmic there? karma. Huh? Are you even are you even holding that thing? It's just like laying beside you. No, right? I put it down. I don't need to hold it the whole time. Yes, you do. Hello. Nah. Yeah, it's yeah. I think you need. Oh, to hold that we're gonna we're about to. We're about to hear the. A, we're about to see this this really uh, passionate a, romance that's occurring on screen. This ex- excellent movie that you should be watching instead of watching my nub. Frank sticks a finger in her mouth, which we always know is the indicator of p- true passion. And uh, I believe he sleeps with her on her wedding night to be extra scummy. <laughs> I just don't quite understand it. I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just that. Like I said, there's there's a, there's a few things that I, and I just um, uh, I'm I'm lost in the and I'm literally in the woods because we're because we're sitting in the woods the VR woods watching a movie. That's and, right. And so you've got me lost in the woods here, man. I'm a I'm a little boy just like out under the stars well, with the trees. Well, I, I, mean, I, I don't want you to be a little boy in the woods. That's creepy. Well, it's you know it's it's fun watching movies out here, but I don't see a a road back to town or a parking lot or anything. Uh, I, I don't I don't just, know where uh, we're gonna go after this. Yeah, just don't worry about it. So, so here's the here's a question for you. What what do you think are some of the things that we should hope to see in the new Hellraiser? Jeez, uh, I don't know. Uh, I want it to be super weird. Uh, like it's it's it should just be a total trip out, man. Like it, it needs to be like. Well, first off, you know the violence is fine. Yeah, have that, but I mean. That, that that thing you were talking about earlier about uh, Frank orgasming into pain and all this stuff, that's the kind of super weird Clive Barker stuff that we never get to see in these films, you know? I mean That's it, right. It gets close to it, it skirts around it. But if you've ever read if you've ever read any like Clive Barker novels, man, they're they're they are bizarre. They are super strange. I mean the, the the strangest shit going on, like guys manipulating their evolutionary path to become like some kind of strange wizards uh summoning ghosts and fighting for decades and decades until they both end up in a well or something and then like 10 years after that someone finds one of them and it awakes awakens this whole thing and they end up in this uh i mean uh, i don't remember what that book was called but that that's a real book that's i mean uh, is it midnight meat train no it's not that it's uh like the the great magic show or something. It's uh, something along those lines. Really good. I liked it, but man, Clive well, Barker he, gets out there, man. Right. So weird is good. We, we always talk about weird on this show. We're big fans of the movie Tusk and the cult of weird that follows it. Tusk. And we hope that the new filmmakers go and uh, it captures some of that. You know, I mean, you look, Clive Barker directed the first one and it is great, but like, I do think he was hamstrung a little bit on some of the weirdness that he could do and uh with the technology that exists now maybe some of that can be translated on screen more however i do want to warn um i want to see not very much cgi in the new movie yeah you must we- resist that urge to make everything cgi like you know right now we're watching on the television this the great scene where uh frank starts bubbling up from the rafters and it's done so well it's obviously practical effects. Um, it's very gooey, but but because of that, the the semblance of Frank that's erupting from the floor, uh, even if you're not watching along with us, just if you just recall that scene, it's so gory. You know, it's it's got such texture to it, and um, because of that, I think that's one of the things. Like when I watch Hellraiser, it almost turns my stomach, because. It is so. It feels so real in, in its grotesqueness, and I don't think you'll get that same experience if uh, if they rely on CGI to recreate some of these moments, like the the flesh and the sinew crawling back together and reforming. Yeah, it, it looks real. It doesn't. Yeah, I think I know what you're saying. Uh, CGI would look good, but uh, this looks. It looks real. Like you, I mean, that is that is some nasty looking organic slimy shit going on right there. Yeah, it's like a brain. And, yeah, it works. Very cool stuff. Um, uh, now I will say this though, uh, you know, a film like uh, Mad Max, um, 
the, the recent Mad Max film used CGI a lot in the backdrops. Sure. Fury Road. And I would be okay with something like that in a Hellraiser. Like, you know, if you want to make yeah, a, sure. a big hellscape, I mean, you know, you can't expect them to turn a soundstage into, uh, you know, a miles long canyon of torment. No, right. Yeah, and the good thing, the good, some of that. the good thing about Bruckner and Ben and Luke is all these guys are indie filmmakers. I mean, we made, we made Siren for very little money. Um, you know, I know, I know Amateur Night 2, which was from in VHS, uh, oh, sorry, Amateur Night, which was in VHS 2, was made for very little money. Um, I haven't seen Bruckner's The Ritual yet. Have you seen that? I have not. I've heard mixed things, but again, I know that these guys know how to work with a small budget. So if you give them like, man, even like 20 million or 30 million dollars, I think that they could execute something super cool because. The original Hellraiser takes place in a house. That's right. Yes. You know? And, uh, talk about low budget. You can actually see the point when the budget runs out on Hellraiser if you stay till the end. When they blow that house up, it's uh, <laughs> the camera just kind of looks away and then back and, oh, it exploded. Yeah. Well, listen, sometimes uh, what you don't see is the scariest part. Yeah. This isn't one of those times. What else? What else do we need to see in the new Hellraiser? What else is missing, or at least how how can they find a way to retell this classic story in a manner that is relevant to people in 2020? You're asking me. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. You're the person in this forest. Uh, man, I I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, 2020. What's going to shock us about Hellraiser? They're going to it's just going to be a bunch of weird torture porn probably. Uh I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know if there's really any great thing behind Hellraiser that makes it interesting anymore. I, uh we get the point, you know, it's all it's all kind of been done and, and there's been so many damn Hellraiser movies. Uh at this point rebooting it, it's just well, I I don't understand the the motivation behind it honestly. Well, I think there's probably two. I mean, I think ultimately we've talked about Hollywood and it wants to mitigate risk. And so taking a known property will generate some immediate interest, especially if you can connect, um, in this instance, indie filmmakers who have a positive buzz about them. I think people would be, you know, like if Michael Bay did Hellraiser, I think there'd be a lot less excitement. But because it's kind of feels like people who came up the hard way, getting an opportunity to put their hands and put their spin on something well-known. I think there's a little bit more excitement on that aspect. Um, the other thing is also, you know, this was made in the 80s when um, you were just starting to introduce this idea of of sex being dangerous yeah, with, right. uh, with the, the AIDS outbreak, you know. And I think that um, certainly while that would not be the same kind of message that you could sell today – in the in the world of 2020 where you could go on instagram and see butts and boobs to your heart's desire or you can go to big screen and go into a vr room where people are sharing their porn with other men and um, you text your friend and, and say you text you gotta, your buddy you and make, share the love <laughs> that's not what i said i know but, but um, it's just that you keep texting me about it well no, hey i told just, you about that room i went in right well, I'm getting older and I forget things that I say, I say to you. So it's really has more to do with that. But no, I think that, um, you know, it, it's very possible that when the, like in Los Angeles, for example, they've just extended this this safer at home ordinance to um, May 15th. Okay. And I think I think reasonably we can assume that this is probably going to stretch till June. Right now, there's two schools of thought in terms of how people are going to react come the time than they're, when they're allowed to go back to normal life, right? Yeah. Um, you could be like, say, uh, David Lynch, who has a very optimistic viewpoint on life and who believes that we're going to enter into a kinder, more spiritual world because people have had the opportunity to take some time to focus on themselves and, con- and, and have more contemplation and um, take a break from the grind, Right. Yeah, that's sure. one. That's one approach. Yeah, sure. Uh, the other idea is that people are going to go fucking batshit crazy, 
Just crazy. fucking in the streets and doing cocaine off fucking park benches and racing their cars down the street. Maybe some hot rodding, some motorcycles, getting strung up and whipped in, in shopping malls. Who knows what's going to happen? People have been mm. pent up for weeks on end. They may just go hog wild the moment they go out. And it's in that it's in that scenario that you could maybe have some fun with a Hellraiser. That is a great point. That I could see. Yes. So they they haven't started production on this film yet. I no. I I think. Uh, I mean. I don't even know. Mm. I assume they're writing in the in the writing stage now. Uh. I. But obviously no. There there are no film productions that are happening at the moment. You know that they should. Uh. They should do that. They should incorporate some of the some some stuff from uh, the uh, the COVID era and and like, kind of base like, it afterwards. I, I think that'd be interesting. Y- yeah, I mean, imagine a world in which um, uh, they're forced into this house, not because they're moving in, but because uh, there's a there's a pandemic out. And so they're trapped in this home together with Frank the monster. Well, I guess it would be difficult because she does invite, Julie does invite people in to kill. So that might be a bit more difficult. But um, you could at least tap into some of those themes of being trapped, the, the themes of um of desire right yeah of um there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of pent-up energy that actually how about about the you know uh so hellraiser one this is like yeah like they're in a house and these monsters come to their house essentially the 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 yeah as you're as you're calling them uh well that's what they're called hellraiser two they go to hell they kind of that's take true. these. That's right. So how about something along the lines of that? Like you got these people that are cooped up because of a pandemic outside. They can't go anywhere, but they find a uh, way to travel between the dimensions. Uh, I see. I, I, I like things. Um, oh, we lost the camera again. But, uh, you know, when when you've got a story where people are traveling between dimensions and different things. It's uh, you know, it's an anything goes kind of thing. Sure, uh, right. That's where you've get, you get films like event horizon and uh, well, doom for a lesser, the video game doom. I'll, I'll take If that. you're a big fan of the rock. Yeah, I know. No, not the first doom, but actually the second one, but the, uh, the video game doom much more. So uh, John dies at the end. You know, films that it's like once you've opened it up to like, uh, you know, the uh, the idea that there's infinite worlds and possibilities, uh, you, you can invite anything in. And that could be the, the, the idea behind the new Hellraiser. It's like we're all trapped in here, but don't don't make it a what's coming to our world kind of thing as they usually oh, do. Where are you we know, going? Sp- spin the budget. Yeah. Send us. S- send our protagonists out there into their world again. I mean, because Hellraiser 2, in my opinion, is the best Hellraiser. It's Oh, really? Oh, absolutely, man. Hell, they, they go go to hell. And it's like a really cool p- depiction of hell uh, as this like... I, I the, you see the Leviathan. It's hell. The Hell Razor Two Hell. It kind of makes sense as an entity. Like it seems like something that could really, you know, in a uh, supernatural world as uh, so you know spiritual world whatever. It does seem like something that could exist. I I might even like to see something where they start off as a spiritualist of a, of of one kind of faith or one kind of uh theology uh it could even be something like more new age you know it doesn't uh-huh. have to yeah, be it doesn't right. have to be an old uh, or a common faith uh you know and and they tap in through through their experimentation they tap into something that brings them to that that new sort of dimension you know i i cuz i think that for one I do think that though, though Clive Clive Barker's a pretty progressive guy and everything. It, this film does suffer a little bit from that '80s aspect of like pleasure, hedonism, sex. These are things that should be punished, and the and that seems to be like the purpose of the Cenobites. Uh, mm. Where I well. I would like this new one to be less of like a, we're punishing you for like your your pursuit of pleasure, and more of a uh, just an accident. You know you you. You, your curiosity kills the cat. You went out there and you, sure, and you right, found yeah. something you don't want. You know. Well, I, I think. Um, well, obviously, I think we obviously it's it's again. You can understand why there would be, um, in the world where the AIDS epidemic was 
relatively new to people where there would be some warnings against um, unbridled sexual activity, right? Sure. But the Cenobites themselves, uh, I think there's a, there's a line later in the movie where they say, you know, angels to some, demons to others, but they're just explorers of all pleasure and pain and all of its uh, intricacies. Yes. And uh, to them, it's not punishment at all. In fact, the only real punishment that they're delivering is because Frank left. You know, it's kind of like a blood in, blood out. Like, you can't leave. And he, he tried to be above them. But um, from their well, perspective, he they just gave him exactly what he wanted. That's what, I mean, that's, that's their weird perspective that might have a lot more to do with them their purpose and their, for their existence, you know, like, uh, uh, sure, yeah. you know, if there is a devil, he, he probably would make it so that his, his demons that torture the, the, the souls, uh, don't know that they're punishing them, but actually think they're like ha- doing something great, having fun. Well, see, that's know? the, that's the area where I think that Hellraiser as a series kind of went off the rails. Um, because I feel like, if you if you follow the whole series, then yes, it becomes very much like these are demons and they're punishing people. But like if you look at the original movie and you look at the original novella that it's based off of, I think that the motivations are a lot less uh, cut and dry hmm. and a lot less sort of Christian based, you know? Yes, I I think there's a. Uh... I think there's some some argument in that. I, I I don't know. I I've not read that original short story, but I've read a lot of the comic books, which, uh, uh, well, not a lot. I wouldn't say I've read a lot of the comic books because I, I know there's a whole like uh, history story arc thing. Uh, apparently, the uh, the female protagonist from this well, the protagonist from this film, she becomes the new pinhead in the comic books. That's like a oh. thing. Yeah, that's a thing that happens. Julie does. Yeah, she's she's oh. she's the one. Uh, or the the but Julie's got that that the, sweet female power mullet in she this movie. Becomes the new head of the Cenobites, I guess. Uh, but um, uh, the, uh, the what 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 I've liked was a uh, a collection of short stories. It was an anthology. I can't remember what it's called, but it had like some really great writers in it. Like Neil Gaiman wrote one. Um, a lot of comic book writers that you know uh, were writing for this thing and uh they it literally is like a hell like it's like where you go when you're punished like that's where they're from uh-huh. yeah right uh, where, where you go when you're punished where, where you go when you die i guess and and you didn't live right or whatever but uh i don't know the stories are great it's like you know if you're gonna have something like that exist they they did a good job making it fun and uh i don't know it's weird like they they there was there was one story that i really liked that had to do with um, writers submitting their work to a uh, like an ad agency, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. And um, they were all given this project, and when they go in, they're rather than holding stacks of papers with uh, what they've written as proposals for these ads, they're all holding a baby. Oh. And they go, yeah, well, it's their baby. It's they've made, you know, it's like their art, you know, so they made, it's like a baby that they've made. Okay. Right. uh, They go into this office and immediately the guy just starts like, you know, reviewing the baby, saying what he likes, what he doesn't like, and literally like removing parts from it, (laughs) you know, like, like tearing it to pieces, you know, like, "Eh, I don't really like the nose, you know, and it's, it's, it's more comical than it sounds. But it's a comic book, you know, but but like uh, what was cool was it, it had to do with that selling your soul of 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 ad work, you know, of the advertising world that often people experience, you know, because they they put their heart and soul, they put their their mind and their their passion into things. And then they take it into this agency and they're like, nah, no, nah, client doesn't want this. Take this out. Nope, nope, nope. You know, it's that kind of thing. But yeah, this, right. And this it's guy had lived his life that way. So the metaphor for his life was now his literal torment in hell. And mm. it was like every every time he got a new job, that was he would deliver a baby and then have to go get it get watch it get killed in hell. <laughs> I don't know. It was, uh, it's it's pretty disturbing. It sounds but... a lot more disturbing than it was, but <laughs> but um, well, stuff like that. You... Like there was no cinnabites yeah. in that. There was nothing like that. It was just it was just hell. I wouldn't mind seeing some stuff like that. Just literal like, hey, this is hell. This is what it might be like. Kind sure, of sure. No exploring of it. Yeah. 
But now, what do you think about this theme of of this temptress, you know, pulling these old horny men back to the house? Uh, obviously, she's essentially leading the the flies to the web for Frank. But like, I think you could certainly modernize some of that idea. This idea of like people in these toxic relationships, you know, that carry on these these gross deeds or or maybe turn a blind eye to the abusiveness and the toxicity of their relationship because they believe that uh, love is involved, you know? I think you could certainly make that relevant to modern people going through relationship issues. Yeah, there wasn't much of a relationship there, there, though. She just kind of went out and met a guy, brought him home, and then hit him with a hammer four times. Well, no, but her relationship is with Frank, and it's a very toxic one. I mean, literally, it's one that's based only on... Sex, like a sexuality and also her and desire and because of that she mistakes that for love to the point where she's willing to literally commit murder in order to bring him back she's that obsessive about him yeah that's okay i see what you're saying yeah there, and even uh yeah and even even the way the actress is sort of portraying like she like in the movie this is her first kill right and and she's obviously shook up and shocked um but but I, and I don't know if this was a conscious choice or maybe I'm just reading into it, but it feels like the actress, while she's both um, semi disgusted and 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 shocked by what she did, uh, like as we would expect that to be, there's also part of her in her breathing that almost looks orgasmic, you know? Yeah, she like, she's, like, she's kind of turned on by what she did. She's not too yeah, that, too upset. There's a scene by where she. Yeah, she's washing her hands, washing the blood off her, and you can almost feel like it's exhilarating to her, right? It's an excitement to her, and um, you could talk about the you, you could you could you know sew in the theme of again when 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 pleasure becomes unbridled, when you yes. when you are constantly having to up the ante to some new sexual or not even just sexual but just pleasurable height, right? Uh, and you take it just too far. I think. I think there's some underlying ideas of addiction that you could you could string through there as well, but I definitely feel like uh, toxic relationships are very much uh, could be um, um, this movie could very much be a metaphor for toxic relationships. I think in the idea of a woman who's obsessed with a monster. Yes, it's like a, like it's kind of like a toxic relationship, like where you uh, you have a podcast and, and your co-host is ex- obsessed with VR. And he's made you bring the, the podcast into VR, and it's and it's a huge train wreck. And Wait, did sure I? I made do. you do that. <laughs> I'm just playing with you because I don't recall that being the case. <laughs> You're the one who was like, "Let me tell you all this technology I have." I I did get it first. That's true. I'm just I'm just trying I'm trying to cover my uh, my tracks here, man. I'm like your I'm riff try- tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, certainly. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well, sheer. Ugh. Uh, that, but look, I, again, it's just stuck this way. It's just a pointing finger with a laser coming out of it. So obviously, the technology is not perfect. We've got we're having some technical difficulties here. Uh, well, now, now you know. Obviously, we don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about just you know tracking through a movie. But there is a line we've talked about this before. But I just feel like it seems relevant considering that it's Easter weekend for those who celebrate the mythology of Easter. Um, wherein uh, the actor so at one point Frank possesses his brother yes and uh, the Cenobites are called and they eventually catch up to him and much like in the beginning of the film they start to put their hooks inside of him and he's about to be ripped apart it already it's a very gruesome looking scene where like you see his skin all stretched out and he's just it almost looks like his face is a uh, uh What's it called? A canvas, right? With yes. just eyes and mouths on yeah, it. Yeah, sort, right be- sort of pin stretched. Get it stretched like a canvas, right. yeah. And right before he's completely ripped to shreds again, he ushers the famous line, my favorite line of any horror film, maybe of any movie, period. And that is Jesus, Jesus wept. wept. And in that moment, he's torn apart. Yeah. That's it's it. just so good. It's very good. It's, it's so amazing. It's, a, it's, a, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, and it was so fitting, and uh, that was totally improvised. That's very cool stuff. 
Now this is so this is something mm-hmm. that bothers me about a lot yes. of uh, makeup effects. Uh, so we're we're at a part here where uh, Frank has been taking enough flesh from people to have uh, muscles and bone. Well, he's already had bones, but he's got muscles now, you know. And and you can see he just all he needs is some skin, right? Yeah, right. But he has a nose. Uh, you can see you can see the the nose bone like like they gave him a nose bone. It's on the outside, but yeah, then right. like under that, there's there's just like a full healthy nose coming out. And well, they, like, just, uh, they just sort of painted it white to make it like no, that's that that's there's no skin on that nose, but like that. Well, he's he's got muscle, um, and you could assume that he's got some cartilage. He just doesn't have full skin and upper. Uh, what's the upper level of your skin called? Epidermal? Yeah, the, the epidermis. epidermis. Yeah, I, I think he also shouldn't have lips at this scene either. I think that would be a lot more convincing too if he was just kind of like, you well, know, there she goes, sticking his finger, his gross, gunky finger in her mouth. She's into uh, it. Yeah, he doesn't have she's skin. Very into it. He doesn't have hair, but she's all right with it because like he is fit. You know, like he's yeah, he's he's got like abs. Zero percent zero percent body fat. The dude is shredded. Glistening. Totally shredded, ripped up to pieces and put back together. He's fit. Very, um, I don't recommend sticking fingers in your mouth during this COVID period. Maybe when we're on the other side of it. But yes. uh, even if you are obsessed with a partially uh, with an escapee from hell, I would I still think that largely we should avoid sticking our fingers in one another's mouth as well as licking crickets uh, off straight out of a cage. These are things that are not following CDC guidelines, and we here at the Grindhouse cannot in good conscience advocate for either of these activities. I will. I disagree. I will eat a cricket. I won't, because I'm I, vegan. You're a vegan. So I, yes, so don't e- eat crickets. even bugs aren't allowed. But I will say, man, if you guys are out there and you're kind of curious and you want a little more of an environmentally friendly option... I think you might want to try bugs. They're fantastic. Tofu. Uh, tofu is great, but uh, have you had scorpions? Tempe. Man, a scorpion nah, and bu- fry that scorpion I've in had, butter. I've had some uh, scorpions living out in the yard, doing their own thing, being alive. You know, that's pretty cool. I had a friend. He would catch them when they would come in his room. Uh, you know, we, we used to all live in the country, and uh, some of us are those old houses out there in the country. They're not that great put together, and. Uh, a friend of mine would always catch them when they would come in his bedroom and he would put them in a jar and put them in the freezer. And then when you'd come over, he would fry them in butter and dare guests to, to eat them. And yes. uh, it's, it's not gross. bad at all. I got to say, that's, that's a pretty decent bug. And the now, sti- the don't worry about the stinger. About it? The scorpions are frozen to death. Yeah. Hey. That doesn't sound very pleasant. I'm not the one killing scorpions. They were already dead. But I'm just saying. I mean, I, I know, like it... We're not a cooking show. That's true. And if we were, uh, we would have to really limit the things we cook. But um, to tofu. But but here's where I'm coming from, Dave. Because I get what okay. you're saying. And what, yes, I'm coming from an environmentalist point of mm. view. Yes, I'm, yes. Because a lot of people, uh, you know, they they eat these cows, and the uh-huh. cows. It's, where do you think uh, dairy? Co- where do you think butter comes from? Well, hold on a second. Now, the cows. It's a, it's a bit of a problem. Cattle, cattle mm. raising. That's why we do a lot of deforestation and stuff. Yes, I if, agree with uh, this. If folks want the same kind of protein, you know, boost from eating meat, bugs are a much better option. We can be, we can be, they can be farmed in buildings here in uh, the uh, in the city. You don't have to ship it far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm easy to preserve. You. Easy to preserve. Uh, not a lot of resources required, and you've, so you've got local. You know, my organic, locally grown bugs that you can eat right now. And, Mm. uh, you know, if you're into films like Hellraiser and stuff, you can recreate some of the fun scenes. Like where the homeless Mm. guy, uh, you know, he was already very progressive in his own way, that homeless guy. And he eats bugs. I'm telling you, it's the future, my man. It's the future. Well, I can't sign off on any of this. All all said... uh, the, the the whole diatribe is, is a one of Matt in and of himself. Uh, you may eat bugs if you'd like, I suppose, but I would not recommend it. I would, however, recommend admiring how fucking cool the Cenobites look. Because these have got to be some of the best looking creatures in all of 
all of uh, uh, horror history. Like, yeah. can you think of a collection of of villains that look cooler than the Cenobites? Well, another Clive Barker classic. He may have topped himself with Nightbreed. I mean that that oh, whole gang true. of the, uh, the, the, the the what were they called the the, the dwellers of Midian. The, uh, I can't remember what they were called though, but they lived in Midian, right? They under under the crypt. Uh, man, there were some cool monsters in that. So I, that one guy with the blue horns that had that kind of leather jacket on, I wanted to be that guy when I was a kid. That was like my favorite monster. That's true. That's true. I mean, look, Clive Barker is clearly a genius. What he's done for the genre, both in movies, but also in his, obviously his novels, uh, is amazing. And I, again, I think it, I think the, uh, while I think that there's potentially some, some, something that could be got from taking a series like Hellraiser and trying to make it fit more snugly in a current climate. Um, it's an undertaking. It's big shoes to, to fill. This is a, a, a master of his craft. And so I hope the lads are up for it. We're rooting for them. Um, we're hoping that they succeed and that it's successful. And I don't know why Frank the Monster is wearing a shirt that's just clearly stained with his own goo. Um, or smoking cigarettes for that matter, but it, it makes for a cool look. So I suppose yeah. it's that he could, he just couldn't wait to get back to his old self of dressing sharp, having a smoke, you know, uh, he doesn't have hair yet. So he's expressing himself with a nice suit. I can relate to that. Now, do you, now, now I didn't notice, I didn't look that closely, but, um, how many pieces are still missing from Frank at this moment? I you think it's saying? just, it's just up, uh, all the skin. Picking up what I'm putting down. What you, know mean, what you mean? What he's, he's not hanging down? I, I don't know. I mean, she like I, I mean, said, he's, got a nose. he's he's already a hit with the ladies, and he does have a nose. Uh, did he have ears? I mean, that might be a tell if he doesn't have his oh, ears. Oh, we should yet. look to see if his ears. Yeah. yeah, because she's clearly got no problem sticking his gooey finger in her mouth. Man, people don't want to think about this kind of stuff. What are you doing, man? You. I think is... people do. People are trapped at home. They need something to uh, to as a nightcap. These are questions that must be answered in the new Hellraiser. How far was Julie willing to go? I think that's why she's so eagerly killing people and sending them that way. Because like, oh uh, yeah, maybe so. There's yeah. one last step before she can get what she really desires. I think okay, that's the case, yeah, you know. Because yeah, if she okay. if she could have uh, sex with Frank in his uh, slimy, corpsey form. form, you know, I mean, she might she might not care as much that um, about bringing him victims. True. You're right. You're very right on that point. And um, I guess, again, it just further speaks to the theme of her willing to do anything for this toxic romance that she believes she has with Frank, which, like most toxic relationships, will prove to be far more shallow than she gives credit for and will ultimately lead to her own destruction. So lots of modern themes that can still be derived from a reboot. We're hoping that it turns out really awesome. This movie is great. So regardless of what you think of the sequels or the books or any of that, if you're looking for some wholesome entertainment on this Easter Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we uh, we recommend highly the Hellraiser series. Yeah, well, and uh, the, the we'll look forward to seeing what the guys do. The show doesn't come out till Monday, so I'm sure we're gonna have a, you know, hopefully some people there wasn't hopefully celebrate there wasn't Easter like all a, month long. Hopefully there wasn't like an apocalypse yesterday when everybody went to church on Easter and the disease got spread around and like a, you know, thousands of people died. And uh, so, you know, hopefully it's a, happy, it's a happy Monday. I, I don't know, yes. man. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. So what is it? Uh, it's like either God is aware of what's happening and he's doing nothing to stop it. Either God is aware of what's happening and he can't stop it or either God is aware of what's happening and he caused it. Well, I can't answer those questions except for with one phrase and that is Jesus wept. That that doesn't answer anything and they weren't questions. That's right. So, and well, we have another question. We have uh, a better question. We have a question from our, one of our fans. I didn't ask you a question, but yeah, let's, let's hear the audience question. That sounds great. Questions from the Lance Lanfear asks, have you watched The Platform, now on Netflix, the English dubbed version? What do you think? And what one object would you bring to the pit slash prison? 
The platform is a film that's on Netflix right now. I believe it's about that's a correct. prison in which there are many st- stages of this prison, levels of the prison, um, like a cube, and yes, kind of, yes, like a cube, like a tower, uh, a uh, what's that word? Uh, a, well, like a tower prison, the uh, labyrinth. No, there's a really great Latin word that I know sometimes, but I don't know it right now. But it's a uh, uh, every day the, uh, the the uh, a huge a huge feast is prepared of of uh-huh. wonderful food right on this massive platform. It's a it's a big stone table sort of thing, right? And a huge feast is prepared, and then it uh, it's sent down to the top level of the prison. And, uh, you know, where that prisoner or um, I, I haven't seen it now. This is a trailer I watched, but like either that okay, prisoner right. or, or, or another group of prisoners, they, they, they get their fill. Then it goes down to the next level and the next level and the next level until the prisoners at the bottom are sort of just picking from what's left. You know, chicken. So this is a uh, like that. yeah. So this is this seems like it's a a metaphor for capitalism. I, I guess. I mean, I guess. You you see metaphors for capitalism in a lot of things, though. So Well, I think a lot of filmmakers are making those statements. It may be the, uh, that, what was that one that Reagan uh, used to talk about? The, the uh, trickle-down economics? Trickle-down. This is platform-down economics. Okay. Yes. And so what would we take to the prison is what Lance is asking? Yeah. So if you, well, well first off, I have not seen... Uh, that movie yet or that series is it a movie or is it a series it's it's a movie and yeah we haven't have, seen it we, we should I watch it. Seen it looks it really good it looks really good we should watch it maybe we'll watch it before next week um, but yes yeah, so if you went to one of these prisons what one thing would you take with you oh um, well I suppose uh, probably my PlayStation Vita I've got a lot of emulators on there it's got like every Nintendo game every Super Nintendo game so and it's got a good battery life I'd have to well can I bring the charger that's going to make a big difference I, I'm going to I'm going to I'll make the assumption that there is an outlet you have running electricity uh, and you are allowed to bring a charger yes yeah definitely I've got like a hacked PlayStation Vita and it just has like every video game made before 1995 on it so um, I think that could keep me entertained for quite a while yeah oh yeah that would work so as I think I'm going to go I think I'm going to go similar to what you're saying, but I'm going to go uh, with my cell phone. Your cell phone? My Galaxy Note. Yeah, I think that um, oh. if I were trapped in prison and I had the ability to have an electronic device that I could bring with me, the application available with that, staying connected with other people, reading, listening, music, filming. Uh, I mean, you got a supercomputer in your pocket. So I think that's kind of my switch, my, my modern day switchblade, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Sorry, my modern day Swiss army knife. It, it so is that. Yes, it is. Because I was, I, my initial thought was like, well, I should bring a book, right? Because a book is much more, I don't know how long I'm going to be in this slab. And, uh, there's no telling, you know, even, even the best phone has a shelf life. And so, you know, it may only be good for me for two years, but, um, but I'm gonna make. I'm gonna be optimistic that I get out of prison sooner than two years, yeah, or three years, or whenever this phone dies. So I think that I'll have more usage out of that than I would a book, uh, which which would probably physically last longer. But you know, is only uh, one story, uh, uh, even if you get a big book with many stories. I I I'm telling you, my man, you messed up. You shouldn't you shouldn't are, do it. You know what's gonna happen with that with you what, with that phone? What's that? You know that thing where like they talk about how everybody – the things you see people doing on Facebook and the pictures people post, it's like the best, right? It's always like, oh, our vacation was perfect. You, you never see the stuff that went wrong. You never see the, the boring parts. You only see the best parts. Yeah, sure, you're, right. You're going to be there in that prison every day, man, looking at that – looking at Instagram, looking at Facebook and just seeing what – not even reality but like a yeah. an improved, more beautiful – and it's just going to remind you more and more that that fear of missing out. You're gonna you're gonna get FOMO'd until you go insane, man. Well, so no, I thought about that, but I think that how you counteract that is you take selfies from within the prison. But of course, it will be the best version of prison. 
So other people will get FOMO. They will want to be in the slab. You know, I imagine I'll probably be on the bottom level of this prison. So by the time my little slab gets down to me, it'll probably just be bones. But I'll decorate the bones in such a way and I'll take a a selfie posted yeah. on Pinterest of my bone you dinner. Could, you could pretend it was you that ate, that made them like, oh, I yeah, just I'd be like, oh, I'm so full. Feast. That was delicious. All this tofu bones. And then like maybe take some of the tofu drumsticks and like play a jam, you know, like a little, a little, what's that? A, a TikTok. I'll TikTok some drumming with my, my bones, my, my uh, rib cage accordion, you know, and uh, you're not, you're not yeah, going to do that. People are gonna you be, know what you're going to do? You're going to do a bunch that? of push ups and take a bunch of mirror selfies. That's that's what I would do. I would be jacked. <laughs> Prison workout. Just like, like still I'll need to like, work on my quads, man. Yeah. I'll have like my my, uh, my prison pants. My prison pants just above the dick root, you know, so that they can see that nice <laughs> V shape. That's what I would do. You're right. So exactly Lance, I would take my phone so I could take prison selfies and occasionally TikTok some uh, some photo from food photos, and Matt would take his video games. So that he could play video games uh, as heart's desire. Yeah, sounds good to me. So we're going to leave you on that. And you can finish the movie on your own. You can tell us what you love about this movie. You can tell us what you hope to see in the reboot. And you can hope to, you can tell us what you hope not to see in the reboot. I think that um, it's in as good of hands as it can be without it being in Clive Barker's hands. I think yeah. you have some very talented filmmakers at the helm. People who come from uh, the underground, come from indie world, people who have worked their way up. Uh, and we got to appreciate that. We got to support indie filmmakers who get their opportunity to tackle something bigger. So we wish them the best. We hope that the movie is fantastic. We hope that they get to filming sooner than later. If you're looking for a producer, hit me up. And for until next time, We'll decide how this works and if we want to do another VR broadcast of some oh, sort. We're doing it ah, again. Yes. We're doing it again. Oh, we're gonna, you're, yeah. you sure? You're, you're feeling okay with this? Well, I mean, it was it was the first try, you know. We'll, we'll, yes. we'll get better. But yeah, yes. and, and, and we don't even know if the recording worked, by the way. So That's 100%. You'll see us on you YouTube. may only. Yes. Yeah, 50-50 shot. Yeah, 50-50. So hopefully you'll see 12%. us on YouTube because uh, we want to get on there too. And um, uh I guess this is it's a lot easier for, than sock uh, puppets. It is easier than that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I guess it's time for me and Dave to uh, uh, ha- have a beer and finish this movie. That's right. So for Matt and me, Dave, thank you guys so much for listening to the Grindhouse podcast. We will visit you next week. Hope you had a fantastic mythological Easter. And until next time, adios. You're listening to the Grindhouse podcast on the Jesus Wept Network. Please follow us on Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast and listen to us every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now on Spotify.